0: You, in life there's so many times where we have these big goals out there and it's that first step that really gets us in that direction and, and we we always want things to have this perfect um, linear path right we always want to know yeah. all the steps that are going to get us to our goals but for us many times that's why we won't get started because right? because we're so worried about the end and having this perfect path to get there that we never get going right because it's so scary that we say man you know I want to have a thousand years or I want to have, you know, uh, millions of dollars, but because I've never had it, my mind's not ready for it, I'll never get started. But when we take that first step, it leads us to better questions so we can find better answers. And I, I found that my path has really been for me to learn better questions. Because each time that I meet people like yourself, meet other successful people, it's understanding how they look at things so I can have higher level questions. When I can ask better questions, it's going to get me to better answers, which leads to better results.
1: Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host, And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. Great, man. So, Jason's an active real estate syndicator and investor. In 2006, he founded Yerusi Holdings, which is a multifamily investment firm currently with over 850 units totaling $75 million in real estate. And he hosts the Jason and Pili Project, the YouTube channel, and the Multifamily Live. His monthly multifamily meetup has amassed over 2,500 members. And in 2020, he ran over 2,500 miles, including over 500 miles in the month of April alone. I think that was—I think I set that out to be my goal for the year, brother, um, <laughs> which included over 18 marathons. His wife, Pelia, and Jason co-authored the book "Fit Rich Life," providing tactical advice on uh, uh, on what one can do in 15 minutes or less in a day to change the course of your life for the positive. So, right up our alley. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for having me. Hey, man! What a great story, dude. So you have, you know, tremendous investment in in, in real estate, uh, tremendous track record—literally track record—in in, in running. Tell me a bit about, you know, your, your life, kind of growing up, and you know how did you get into the, into
0: running? How did you get into real estate in, in such a big way? Yeah, you know. So again, thanks for having me. And and I wasn't always, uh, you know, a runner or in real estate. I actually. Um, have been in many different capacities as 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 someone who is entrepreneurial yourself it just it's just part of our nature right so um back in really the early 2000s i I met my wife while she was running a large bar in new york city it was the the largest outdoor bar in new york city and um through the ins and outs so we both worked there in some capacities and throughout that time i had opened some restaurants in new york city opened and sold a brewery there number of different things well hurricane sandy actually happens on the east coast um back you know 2011 2012 my my dad um, has this heavy construction business uh, that was targeted at flood zone properties, so his his business exploded. And at that time, my my brother, who was working for me and uh, Peely and I, um, were now together, uh, moved out to New Jersey to help the family business. And it was it was so great to, to really help my dad and really help him just excel to meet all the demand. But we knew this was not going to be the the, the further career of of just our trajectory. So right. at that point, we started looking at what else out there. It would be right for us, and we found real estate. We thought, okay, this is the answer. So here we are. So, at, so- wait,
1: hold on. So at the time, what, what were you doing before you got into that?
0: Right uh, to the we were actually uh, bars, restaurants, the brewery. We had all done all those things. We still had running in New York City. So I was a sound partner in one of the restaurants. The brewery I actually ended up selling the brewery because at that time, if we knew we had to be local to do this, right? But this time you find that there's points that lead you into directions that you, we always want to tell ourselves to say no to, right? So to move back mm-hmm. to do business, you know, it, it, the moment it, it's just what we did, but it, we didn't know if it was going to be right or not. We got out there and it was just this great experience to help dad just really take his business to that next level. Because but selling, we-
1: you know, selling a business that you guys have going on that's successful, that's doing well to go jump into something that you have no idea you know, would work or just to help your dad. It's, it's a big leap.
0: You, in life, there's so many times where we have these big goals out there and it's that first step that really gets us in that direction. And and we, we always want things to have this perfect um, linear path, right? We always want to know yeah. all the steps that are going to get us to our goals. But for us, Many times, that's why we won't get started, right? Because we're so worried about the end and having this perfect path to get there that we never get going, right? Because it's so scary that we say, man, you know, I want to have a thousand years or I want to have, you know, uh, millions of dollars, but because I've never had it and my mind's not ready for it, I'll never get started. But when we yeah. take that step. It leads us to better questions so we can find better answers. And I, I found that my path has really been for me to learn better questions. Because each time that I meet people like yourself, meet other successful people, it's understanding how they look at things. So I can have higher level questions. When I can ask better questions, it's going to get me to better answers, which leads to better results. So And it, and it takes action and it takes action. You got
1: to take that first step. And uh, right. however scary that is to, because to, you're essentially, you're it's like having one foot on the dock and and hopefully one foot on the boat. And you, you eventually that boat's going to move out. You got to let go of the dock and ho- hope that you float. So
0: upset, right. <laughs> At that point, you have to, you have to commit, right? Because if not, you're going to find yourself in the water. And if you use the water as a metaphor there, that's where a lot of us find ourselves, is that we find ourselves in a place that that's we know is not ideal for us. It's not what we know we're meant to do, but because the the new me, what, what I deserve to be is so far from where our mind has ever had, we'll stay in that part. We'll stay in the water because it, it feels safer to be in a place, even if we don't like it, than to commit yeah. to something that could be, ultimately 10 times better for us, right? It's like that thing of, oh, if I had $5,000, I, I would worry more about losing the $5,000 uh, than I would about if that $5,000 could make me millions by investing it somewhere with the right mentorship or the right place, right? Because we- Right, scarcity mindset, right? Yeah, we can't see the good that could potentially be out there. So mm-hmm. when we moved out to New Jersey and started working with the family construction business, it was great, but we were so busy in our days and we said, well, you know, real estate, this must be it. So Peely, my wife, got our real estate license to be an agent. And we started actively doing flips and wholesales. But what we found is that we were going further from our goal, which our goal was to really control our day, control our outcome, so we could grow and really spend our time with our new family, right? But Mm -hmm. finding that we were so busy with construction, and now we brought up all these other active jobs, we were going further from this. We were were stacking busy upon busy. And as you can know in entrepreneurship is that you can only do so much. And coming from an Italian family where everybody always wants to be doing everything right, that can be your first failure. So it was to learn by taking action what wasn't right for us. And what wasn't right for us is that although we were doing well with the flipping and the wholesaling is that that was leading us further from the goal. And it took Peely to uh, meet someone who was investing at a state with smaller properties. They were buying single families and just putting together teams to create a rental portfolio that... We said well let's look at that direction so we started buying two and three units and and it was really going great we we're buying these uh, units that were underperforming so getting what,
1: what uh, year was this what uh, this run was
0: 2015 that? and right. uh, early 2016 so, so we it was started a good time because I
1: mean prices were still relatively uh, on the low side uh, across the board.
0: Yeah and it, that's a, it's funny when you think of nature because at that time your mm-hmm. mind would tell you they were on the high side but then noting today the direction things have gone were actually it, it's it's scaled in such a capacity that when you look at it you say wow that was really really mm-hmm. ideal pricing but you yeah. only know what you know based on the information you had so we started buying these small properties and it was really going well but what we realized is if we wanted to scale, if we wanted to buy a lot of these, it was going to create operational uh, chaos, right? Because maybe we'll have a bunch of two or three units all over the city, all over a number of markets. And here we are a thousand miles away. So what else is there? And I came upon someone buying apartment buildings. And I said, man, well, that, that looks really um, interesting. Because coming back from working at these large places in New York City, I always knew that running a 25 unit restaurant or, you know, a 250 seat restaurant, it's the same process, but you get more scalability, right? You get more scalability and you're able to put mm-hmm. things into your favor. Same thing happens with apartment buildings. So you know, for anybody who's a business owner here, you find your way to maximize your business and to improve your business. And when you see another um, comparable business not performing right, you're able to look at it and see what's not performing. And for apartment buildings, The larger you go, the more that things begin to scale in your favor. You can now have more tenants that could potentially pay for uh, your mortgage and cover your expenses. You now will look better to a bank because you'll have more revenue that can of course cover their downside risk. You'll now be able to put in small things that can have a, a, a large impact, right? So in a 100 unit apartment building, you could. I've changed out toilets before that have cut our water bill down uh, by twenty-five to thirty percent, which added hundreds of thousands of dollars of value to the property. Where if you were to do that in a single-family home, you know, to change out a toilet on a flip, you're you're probably not going to get a penny because nobody's going to care. Mm-hmm. But looking at these drivers of how you can perform and, and take these buildings and just make them improve more, that that's really where you can create massive value for you and for your investors. So, so we small so family Go ahead.
1: When you started, um, because you obviously didn't jump in, you know, headfirst into a a, a one hundred unit uh, apartment building. You start you started off small, but at you know at the time, were were you prepared to to absorb something like that, a, a purchase of that magnitude? So or did you say, okay, I need to I need to kind of build up, right? Kind of get my feet wet with a couple here and there, and then then start to scale up. And, and did you see your your you know your mindset grow and and be able to be ready for that?
0: So great questions. And and ultimately, we went from three units, uh, the, the two, three units to a 94 unit. That was our first purchase. And wow. it it's was the step to say that, well, if I want to learn to run marathons, I'm not going to go swimming. Right. And so to get a 10 unit, right, it, it wasn't it, it pushes me further in the direction. But again, it was going to be so different from that larger capacity. So we started looking at other people who are doing this successfully and saying, well, what are the steps they are doing? Because they're doing it successfully, right? So, so instead of me trying to be, you know, Italian bread and do it all myself and figure it out all myself, I had to say and ask questions of them. How are they doing it? How are they doing it successfully? Why are they picking these markets? Why are they looking at these types of properties? And when I started factoring this, then the the real conversation was now with Peely, right? To make her understand that buying a hundred unit potentially is more safe than buying a unit. Because if you have two vacancies on a 100 unit, you're at 98% occupied. If you have right. two vacancies on a 10 unit, you're at 80% occupied. And just and like size, I was- The sheer size
1: of the number you know, on the price tag is what's what's scary, right? Because you're saying,
0: well, right. I don't have that kind of capital. Correct.
1: But there's ways around it, right?
0: Yeah. And it's, it's always the- you know, chicken or the egg scenario, right? Is that the capital is that next question, right? And so coming from um, the flipping world and, and we, we had worked with some private lenders, so we understood that w- there is a way that we could help our investors. And so I always said that we had to start building our network. And so the, the question goes, how do you start building a network and really raising capital if you don't have a deal? And what we did is we actually found out the exact model of the replica of the deal we wanted to find. And then we built out what our return metrics were going to be. And we created a mock deal. And we started going out to talk to our investors. And, of course, we didn't have the experience in multifamily at that time. What we did have is we had a track record in other businesses, right? So your, your first step is going to be able to build out your network. Who are your friends, your family, like your internal network that you can reach that you already have a grasp for and go to speak to them. And let them know what you're doing now, and of course, why you're doing it. Why is it important? And understand what they're looking for in an investment, right? So at that time, maybe they only know you know stocks or bonds, or maybe they haven't invested at all, or they've invested in some mm-hmm. you know kind of smaller real estate projects. So make them understand why this is a great opportunity for multifamily, because in multifamily, you can win in so many different ways. You can win from cash flow. Forced appreciation, depreciation, tax advantages, portfolio diversification—in so many different capacities. So there's there's many drivers that can lead to multifamily being a success. So, so we're, we're
1: talking about, about you know you built out your network to find capital, right? So what? And I and I asked this question to a to another guest um, that that I had on uh, as well. What's more? Wh- what do you think is more important, capital
0: or relationship capital? Oh, relationship capital. Absolutely. Because ultimately your network grows upon your inter- internal network. So my deal to me could be the best deal ever. But if my investor, who's my friend and say my my deal is a five to seven year hold period for the time that we're going to do this investment. But if my friends um, at that time just started a business is having a huge tax implication or or is only looking for short term investments, then my deal that I think is the best is not a great deal for them. But for me to say to them, do you know anybody else who this might be right for that Mm -hmm. creates that next conversation and your network can grow into more warm conversations instead of me needing, having a great deal and then having to go out there and find investors who now have to go over the hurdles of understanding who I am, what I've done in the past. Because when you, when you overcomplicate things or create so much uh, information for someone to have to take on, when you have a deal, it ultimately leads to a no. And then at that point you're at, you're actually asking for money. When I had that mock deal, I was letting investors know what I was doing, so I was allowing them to make a form decision before I had the pressure of a real deal. And so mm-hmm. we were actually able to raise capital for the 94 unit. We actually softly were able to get commitments from our investors prior to finding the deal. But so if
1: we have a deal like this, would you be interested in? Okay, so at least right. you know you know what, what your what your client wants. And then you go look for it, which makes sense. Correct.
0: And for that, it actually made it easy because one of the hardest things when you're first starting out is, of course, to raise capital. But if you find this great deal and then you have to raise capital, well, now I have to ask you for your money, right? And again, I don't know how much money I can raise if I find a deal first. But if I go out there, talk to my network and understand that, oh, I can raise that just say a million dollars. Well, now I can understand what kind of size deal I can look for because I can have the comfort to know that when I find that deal, I've already had the conversation and I already right, the right. that's there. And so now I go back and instead of taking uh, you know weeks or having a lot of no's to, to raise capital, we can do this in one, two, three days because we just go back and say, hey, listen, we talked about that deal. We have it. You're still, you're still ready to be participating in the deal. And you get a lot more yeses and you have a lot easier of a close rate to have your investors as part of this deal.
1: So you go from three to ninety-five units in in one jump. Well, you know what was going through your mind, uh, you and your wife, you know, together when, when you signed those papers for for that deal.
0: You know, you, you, it's always that thing. Is that what's hard at the moment? Because it becomes not hard at the next point. But it's having. I find mentorship is is so key in many different capacities. But it's not for the big pieces, right? So you, you know. Okay, you gotta you gotta find a property, you have to, you know, secure a loan, you have to raise capital, you have to get, you know, property management in place and have a plan in place. Okay, so those are the big steps, right? You get that. But when you get to the point that you're going through this process and say you have to do something with your security lawyer and they ask for some file or something that you have to do, that's just obsolete. Right. And you can't Google it and you can't find that answer easier. Well, that's where most people get derailed. It's these little things that you can't go out there and find an easy answer from. But when you can have mentors on your side that within five minutes, you text them and say, Hey, I got this question and they email or text you back and say, Oh, here's the answer. Then you just mm-hmm. keep all rolling. And in the future, you know, that that was, it's, it's not a big deal at all. But at that moment, it, it, it cripples you, right? Because you get sidelined by this small thing that you haven't heard of before. And that's like a lot with life is that it's usually not the big things, right? That, that get us on point. It's these yeah. little things that we think are going to be monumental. <laughs> and without having the right team around you, that's where you really get sidelined. So we had built up a good team around us. So we knew that we would have... Be able to ask questions of people who were actually doing this successfully, and that allowed us to continue forward. and if we're on a straight line is that each time we were able to get off path instead of derailing ourselves, you know miles from our destination, we would find ourselves just really off the line and we could ask a small question and get ourselves right back to the focus of getting the deal done.
1: and did you ever doubt yourself and or question yourself saying, I don't know. If- you know, if we're ready for this, right? Or what the hell am I doing here? Is this going to work?
0: Always, right. And I don't think, you know, that that never stops in life. And that's for people who are doing what they do. You're always questioning and and you have to have the confidence to carry forward. But it's just, you know, even like the running, right? You, you find that if I was to go out and set from the, the gate, okay, I'm going to go run 100 miles today. Well, my mind's never done that. My, yeah. mind, my mind just has no idea what that is. So ultimately, my mind wants to tell me you can't do it, right? Because we're still in the ice age of saying, well, does this, this help me eat, sleep, or survive, right? And if not, I want to go back to that comfort zone of yeah. my safe spot. So my mind's going to say, no, 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 no. You can't do that. But if I okay. take that out of the way and I say, okay, I've never run 100 miles before, so what can I do? Well, I've run marathons. I've run 50 miles before. So maybe can I just get to the first aid station, five miles? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, cool. Let's just get there and figure it out. Then you get to that next one, right? And then maybe you get to that next one. And here you are. Now you're 50, 60 miles in. And it might become, hey, can I get another 500 steps? Can I run to the bridge? Right. right. And, and each point small, you get
1: there, Small goals.
0: Correct. And you just figure out that next step. And you say, okay, I'm here. What's the next thing to do? Well, maybe can I just run to the tree, right? And now here you go. And you turn around and you go, man, just bought a 94-unit apartment building. And that's just the same thing with our running. You turn around and you say, 100 miles. There we that's are. That's a great analogy it's a great analogy.
1: So and then uh so now you you've gone on to to own how many units now? How many doors?
0: Uh we're a little over 850 units. Got a couple uh in the pipeline and a couple uh, we just recently sold. So we have been uh moving in and out, but it's uh, about 850 units are spread across four markets.
1: Wow, wow. And so you know, what is for those out there that are interested in 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 investing, what would you say are the top one or two things these non-negotiables that have to be in place for you to be interested in in buying
0: so you know getting specific with what you want <laughs> we always think that casting a wide net is going to bring us more opportunities but what this lack of clarity creates is a lack of uh, ability for you to commit and it also doesn't no. allow anybody else to help you find what you want because if i say i want to buy real estate then ultimately everybody's going to send you something but it's you don't know how to analyze anything. So you don't know what's actually right for you. But if right. I came and said, I want to buy 50 to 75 units, B C assets built between 1975 to 2000 in um, the Southeast um, of Nashville. Well, now I'm specific. And now when I tell that to a broker, they can now help me. Or if I talk to, you know, anybody in my network or they, they now know how to help me. And because I've been specific, but also with, with, happens in my mind is it it creates that reticular activator where you start seeing what Mm -hmm. you're looking for, right? So if you're looking, it's like buying a car, right? I want to buy a black Chevy Tahoe. All of a sudden, is there more in the road? I'm noticing them all. Yeah. Everywhere, right? And that's the same thing with you and your real estate investments, because the more you can put it in your mind, the more it becomes real, the more you're really able to see it. And that creates much more opportunities out there than you saying, and you know, I'll take anything because will you? No, you won't but you haven't done the hard work of getting specific with what you want and what you need. And then for that, then you ultimately won't get to your goals of, of getting that first property down.
1: Yeah. And that goes for everything in life, right? Your, your goals, the clearer they are, the, the more uh, emotion you put into them and the more detail you put into them, the, the more likely you are to see the path to that. Correct. And so so you've had a, a you know a tremendous career and then, so I'm, I'm a runner as well, right? I've always wanted, I haven't, I've done a lot of half marathons. I haven't done the full, and so, you know, I see guys like you out there doing these ultra marathons, 100 miles, you know, David Goggins style. And, you know, it, for what I hear is it's a tremendous, not only is it a physical challenge, but it's almost more of a mental hurdle. Tell me about that process of, you know, how did you, cause you're, I'm sure your mind is just screaming at you, stop, you know, we're not supposed to be here. We're going past our limits, but you're able to push through that, right? Tell me about that. Like, what is that like?
0: You know, I, I if you, when you train for your half marathon, like you do, a, like a training pattern, right? So, so mm-hmm. when you're first doing that one, you may run, you know, a couple miles this week, you know, build a couple more miles and build that up, right? But when you start getting these longer races. It's not like prior to the, the race a couple of weeks out, you're going to start running 80-mile runs to get yourself conditioned, right? So you have to say, well, what can I control? Well, I can control getting up and being consistent each and every day. So, you know, being when we were in New Jersey, you know, it's, it's warm, it's freezing, it's hot, it's cold, it's rainy, it's everything at once. So I'd get up every day not look at the weather just start running. And every day I would just run six miles, whether I felt like it or not. You know, my knee hurt, my ear hurt, you know, didn't feel right, you know, out the door, raining, snowing. 95 degrees, whatever it was, get out and just run each and every day. Because like anything in life, no time is ever going to be ideal for you. Right time, yeah. No idea is ever, it's going to be perfect for you to go out and do it. But you taking action is going to get you further ahead than you were the day before. And that's how I created my mind to be ready for what was going to be uncomfortable. Because when you're out there, you don't know what you don't know yet. And my first Mm -hmm. marathon was a 50 mile hour. And it, it was funny but of course that was the one i planned for and and i've always told myself on any race i've never actually looked at the course i still to today i've never looked at the course i i don't know why i just don't i just say okay let's just do really? it and so that <laughs> one ended up having like tw- it was like 13000 feet of elevation across 50 uh 50 what? and i was like well <laughs> okay I'm I'm really <laughs> strong at uphills, so I'm just I'm going to run the uphills, and then I'm going to keep my feet dry. If I can do this, I know I'll have a great race. So it's Thirteen
1: thousand right? feet in elevation.
0: Yeah, over fifty miles, so oh it was a lot. God. But we, I said, well, if I can just do those two things, I'll have a great race. Well, third mile in, it's too steep to run the uphill, and the fourth mile wow. was a river. And it was the fourth, of, first of four rivers of which my feet were soaked up <laughs> where, where
1: was this race?
0: Uh, I was in Ithaca, up in Ithaca, New York, up in the mountains there. And so Jeez, I man. said, after that, I got to the fifth mile. I said, well, okay, new plan. New plan is no plan. Because ultimately, <laughs> I have to figure out what that next step is to get better questions, to, get, to find better answers. And I've done that through the point, just like as you're running, is that you, you, since I haven't done 100 miles, my mind doesn't know how to prepare or what the plan should be. Right, yeah. I know the direction I want to go. I want to go to that 100 miles, but I have to get to that first marker to allow myself to better understand what the plan is from here on out. Because when we set these big grand plans, right, it's like writing a business plan. Right, it's like, oh, I wrote this business plan, it's, uh, my 10 year plan for my new business, yeah. right? and then you know, 13 days in, you're like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 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 also, drop that yeah, out, yeah, start yeah. over. Right, so here's the plan. Well, running is a 100 mile race becomes 50 miles with your legs and then 50 miles with your mind. And your mind is going to want to tell you everything. And the first hundred mile, I I remember, felt great. That first 75 miles and and, uh, it was four 25 mile loops. Um, You know, I'm wearing what I thought was great. My wife said, hey, do you want to, you know, throw on some warmer clothes or anything? I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. Right. And so we're going into the dark, into into the night. And I I felt great. Well, what happens is I'm in, maybe I'm like mile 80 or 82, frozen. Don't know what just happened. I'm frozen. And it, wow. it just turns that my body had been so depleted through for running so much and I, at one point I didn't realize it because at the time I had done this loop it was it was during the daytime was I was in this big open space where now the wind was whipping in every different direction. So I went from, you know, perfect here I am within 5 miles frozen to the bone like thinking like, you know, like the, my temperature just dropped like like 30 degrees, right? Not wow. now. But that's part of life, right? So you can only say, "Okay, well, here's where I am now. I, I've made this choice, so now I just have to fi- know my plan is just to get to this next step and figure out then."
1: Right? So, so you're, that- you're five miles into that loop of twenty-five miles. You said twenty more miles to go, and you're freezing,
0: and that's just part <laughs> of the narrative, right? And and so you. Just like life, everything can be going perfect and then something takes you off path. But when you can know, you can only control what you can control. So my control was I can get to that next step, got to that next step. And my wife was actually at that part where I was able to grab a small jacket from her. So perfect. Okay. So I'm back on board. But that's how quickly things can change in our mind. And so when we can control as much as we can control, we have to understand there's going to be things outside of our control, right? We can make the best choice. And at that time, I thought the best choice was to go out there because I didn't want to get too hot. Just to find out that, you know, five miles in, I'm in this open space and I'm frozen, right? Mm-hmm. But that's just like life is that you think you're set until you're not. Yeah. And then on that point, you, you have to understand that there's nobody out there against you. There's nobody out there that's trying to take you down. This is just what's in front of you right now. But it yeah, will, yeah. you will get through it. You will get on that stage and you'll go. And em-
1: through embracing it. the suck, right? As, as the Marines right. say it, or like Mike Tyson, is. everybody has a plan until they get punched in the teeth. That's, and right. Then, that's and right. That's like entrepreneurship, right? Cuz you don't know what you don't know and what's down the road and you think like you said you think you have your strategy, you think you have your plan and all of a sudden, you know, all hell breaks loose and you're, you know, you're juggling, you're trying to do everything. And so it's interesting. It's uh but knowing that that happens, a lot of people will will panic, will stop, will give up. Um you have, you know, we, when you have that growth mindset, you're you take on challenges head on, right? It's just like, all right, it is what it is. Now it's, it's how you react to certain things, how, you know, how you decide to choose to face it versus just a knee jerk reaction. And, and I'm bailing,
0: you know, I, it, what comes to mind is I was running with a friend and he would always stop three miles in at the same spot. He said, i just can't do anymore. Just can't do anymore. Like at every time at this part. So when I ran with him, I said, you know what, let's just run a hundred more feet past that sign. And that was it. I, I was just visiting him. We did that. T- and the next day, we ran 200 more feet. And that point, I way I go, and now he's running five, seven, ten miles, right? Because our mind gets conditioned that at a certain point. It's just too hard for us. It's not our yeah, body. It's a mental barrier, right? It's a barrier, right? And in so many times in our life, we find these barriers that we think is is the end. That's all we have. But if we can tell ourselves, can we just move a little bit past here? Just see what happens. Yeah. And then that scary spot that always stopped us is no longer that scary. It's no longer this huge, huge, huge wall that we can't get across because we've just broke it. I mean, we might've just gotten past it by, you know, just just squeaked by it, but we've yeah. now surpassed it. And now yeah. we can find where our next point is, right? And that that's just like anything in entrepreneurship is that we we don't know what's ahead of us. We, we do know the direction we want to go, but we don't know what's going to be in front. I mean, nobody ever would predict it with COVID, right? No one would ever thought yeah. that. Something that would be the entire world gonna go down, you know. (laughs) And so you could do everything perfect and still not be prepared for that. But ultimately, you can only get back to what you can control, what you can do in your mind, in your life, how you can show up. And it's not always gonna be perfect, but when you set your stage and set your day in a place where you can control your day on the onset. Take yourself, give yourself time. You know, I talked about having, uh, you know, three small kids, right? You know, we went from working in the bar world. We were always up late nights to where we're waking up, you know, trying to wake up as early as possible. Now I wake up at 4.32 a.m. because I want to have the time to control my day, right? To take my day and say, okay, here I've created my wins. I have created my control. So when my kids get up, I can spend time with them and not feel rushed and not feel that the day is leading me is that now I'm controlling my day. And so as that goes on and things pop out, pop up throughout the day where I wasn't expecting that, well, I've already controlled what what is of control. And now I can focus on what needs my attention
1: right cuz you can you can control your effort and your attitude and that's about it right yeah. other than that you you just decide how you react to things um that you know the famous mental barrier right that probably the most famous story was the the Roger Bannister when he broke the 4 minute mile oh, yeah. because yeah. that was hadn't been broken in I don't know how many years and then as soon as he broke it like 8 months later somebody else broke that and Correct. so you know for all you guys out there what are those mental barriers that are in your life are that are holding you back from from being that best version of yourself and and doing everything you're you're capable of because like we all have more potential than we're able to bring about just because you know like like we said like when you're when you're working out and you're doing your 10th rep and you have a trainer there he says give me two more give me two more you push them out and you broke through a little barrier right there and we all have the mental barriers you know that you know i'm not good enough oh i can't i'm not smart enough to do this uh uh, I'll never be in good shape. I'll never do this. I'm, you know, That's crazy. That's, you know, That sounds nuts. No, I mean, those are just beliefs, right? Like limiting beliefs that we have that have been put there by someone, either ourselves or somebody else. And there is more out there for sure. So, man, you've had uh, an incredible career. Uh, I love your mindset, man. And you guys wrote a book as well, you and your wife. Tell me about what it's like to be in business together as a couple.
0: You know, we, we get that question a lot and it's a fantastic uh, question. Funny enough, we started working together before we were a couple. So, so that, that was more. So you've always been working together. We, yeah. We've always understood that, right? And so we understand where we work together. You know, um, she likes to have one thing in front of her. I like to have many things in front of me and, and on that part, she brings me to plane right because it, it, when you have many things in front of you, you have to always have your attention on one thing. I can't be spread across twelve things at the same time. So we're right. focused. So we've always learned to how to work together. Even you know during during COVID, um, we had had a conversation before. Well, if there's ever a the time where we need to, she was going to go all kids and I was going to go all business. So at that point, when that happened, we did that just for the fact of we didn't know what the next question was going to be. Right. So as you're going to that fact, and so having questions and talking to your spouse to make sure that. You're aligned with what you each want. I mean, that's most important because I found where sometimes relationships get offset when they're working together is that each think they're doing the best thing for the other, but they've never asked the question of the significant other. Is that what they want, right? I've seen people who are doing, you know, real estate investing, Like, I'm doing this for our future. I'm doing this for our family. I don't understand why she doesn't like this. I don't understand why she doesn't really get it. But the wife on the other side is, man, I just wish he would be more present with the kids, would be here more, right? And so, it, because the conversation wasn't had, and that can be usually the yeah. pinnacle is just asking the questions which seem uncomfortable on the on the onset, but when you have the conversation to understand what is important from each side, instead of assuming that we know the answer, that in any partnership, whether it's you know a relationship or just partners in general, that's yeah. where you can create a successful business going forward. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and how, how you like to be motivated because, you know, one person may like to be motivated through, you know, uh, a comp, you know, competition or, or through the, you know, through the stick versus, you know, Hey, I want, I want to be, I like to be motivated through the carrot. Right. And so just because you like, you know, you're, that's the way you are. doesn't mean that you have to, you you know, apply that same concept to, to the other. So yeah, communication is super important. Um, not only in business, but in life and everything. Jason, my brother, you've been fantastic, man. I love your story. Congrats on your success and your real estate and your running. Uh, you. Hopefully, if you're down in Miami, man, we'll, we'll get together here. Awesome. And yeah. and go have a little Cuban coffee. And when I'm up in Tennessee, we're gonna go hiking up there. And and hopefully, uh, yeah, actually, one day we're actually planning on uh, on going to climb Kilimanjaro with uh, a former game changer guest, Sean Swarner and Peter Kahn. Awesome, so if you're up for that, buddy. We might be talking about
0: it soon. Yeah, it's fantastic. If
1: you loved what you heard in today's episode of Game Changers, please subscribe and rate us. The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable, so I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being the game changer in their lives.